you ever have so many questions and no one to ask so they're just wasting away on google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so we had that same problem and that's why we created the rd to be podcast a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have we are students Macy and Emily and registered dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country. Today's guest, uh, we have Michael Stabline. He's a registered dietitian. Uh, this is a, a good friend of mine, so I'm very excited to, to have him here today. Uh, Mike is a current Army dietitian. Um, he has pretty extensive military experience, even prior to becoming a, a dietitian, uh, served in the Marine Corps, and then uh, went back to school to become, become a dietitian, so kind of a second career of sorts almost. Um, does a lot of work when I think of sports dietitians and people who, who really walk the walk and talk the talk, Mike comes, comes to mind. So. Um, has his CSSD credential, among others, which you'll probably hear about from him. Um, definitely a very sports-oriented dietitian. Um, a lot of his experience in, in the military is working with soldiers uh, for performance, nutrition especially. Um, is currently getting his doctorate in physical therapy. And uh, I'll leave it to you guys to uh, delve into the rest. Thanks for coming, Mike. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Carl, for that introduction. Uh, excited to be here. Um, so you guys can go ahead and take it away with questions. Okay, so to start off, I wanted to ask you, why did you decide to join the Army? Uh, well, as, as Carl mentioned, um, I have some prior military experience. Uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I never really saw myself coming back in. I uh, went back to school for nutrition, as you know, what you guys are doing right now. Um, found out about a military dietetic internship, um, kind of missed the military. So that kind of led me down the path of joining the army. That's definitely a lot different than what I was used to, but uh, I just kind of felt like it was a calling to go back and serve um, the soldiers and just make sure that their nutrition is taken care of. Awesome, thank you. So. The military experience isn't really the normal, I guess, for the dietitian route. Um, so what do you think makes your experience different than others? Uh, well, to start out, I mean, first off, your internship is paid for. So you get paid while you go. So that's an incentive to go that route. Um, as well as, I mean, just the overall experience as an army dietitian or military dietitian, just in general, uh, your population's a lot different. So it's probably more akin to something you'd see like if you were um, working with college athletics, uh, a younger crowd more generally. And that's all gonna depend on where you get stationed, obviously. Um, I've had some different experiences which we can go into in a little bit, um, but it varies greatly as far as who your crowd is. Uh, my last assignment was probably what you're all thinking of when you think army dietitian. That was, um, they stuck me in with a infantry unit. So my day-to-day -day was working with soldiers, you know, going out and PTing with them or conducting physical training with them. Uh, going out to the field, uh, even did a little brief deployment with them. 
so that's probably more along the lines of what you're thinking of when you think military dietitian, but they also have just like your normal everyday dietitian jobs. So you can work in a clinic, uh, outpatient, um, you can work inpatient as well. They have uh, some of the finest facilities, military hospitals. Um, you can also do food service. I luckily never had the privilege to do food service. Uh, Carl might disagree as that being a, a privilege or not, but I, I tried to avoid it as much as I could. Uh, but yeah, you can also do that. So really a wide range of things that you can do and be a military dietitian. It's not just the, you know, going out and working with soldiers. Okay, so um, you said that luckily you didn't work in food service. So yeah. why do you think that's lucky? Uh, it's just a personal preference. Um, so I would say, and this kind of leads down because I know you guys are going uh, through your, your nutrition degree. And, you know, I say that with, you know, a, a grain of salt of, I was lucky, but really you need to keep an open mind because you'll never know uh, what you like until you actually try it. And luckily the way the internship is set up, you're going to try it because they're going to put you through all the different fields, um, just go in with an open mind and really try to, uh, you know, put your, your best foot forward as far as uh, the people you're working with. You might find something that you really like that you didn't think you'd like. Um, I've, I wasn't sure about food service. Uh, after the internship, I had a great experience. I was actually lucky enough to do my internship at Walter Reed, so kind of close to you all. Um, but when, uh, the, when I got my first assignment, it was outpatient, and then I never got moved over to food service. Uh, so I say luckily, but I mean, I would have I would have gladly taken an opportunity to work there as long as I didn't have to stay there, you know, for the rest of my career. What's the difference between the internships for Baylor and Walter Reed, Washington State, and Texas? I'm pretty sure those are the three places that they're in. Yeah, so the, the Army program, it's through Baylor, um, but you're actually at Fort Sam Houston, which is a couple hours south of Waco. Uh, we only went to Baylor once. Um, so our degree says Baylor, but really it was through the Army. Uh, so you have your classes down there, and then you get assigned one of those three spots. So Fort Sam Houston is one, which is um, the Baylor one that you're referring to. And then, yeah, Washington State and Washington, D.C. Those are just the three internship sites where they send people. Um, so that's really the only difference. They're all doing the same thing, going through the same rotations. It's just the, the location difference. Okay, great. Thank you. And yep. you also mentioned that you work with different people, like depending on where you're stationed. So where else have you been stationed? Uh, so after my internship, I actually got sent back to uh, San Antonio, so Fort Sam Houston. Uh, so I was working outpatient there. Um, and actually, I was fortunate enough during my time there, we opened up a resiliency center, which is just something that the military is putting together. Um, it's, it's really just trying to take different professions and stick them all in one place. So we had uh, myself, nutrition, we had uh, what's called the Army Wellness Center where they can do things like bod pod, um, metabolic 
cart. Uh, they also had like exercise testing. Uh, they also had some performance experts in there. So those would just be your sports psychologists as well as uh, who else was in there? Um, Army public health nurses. Uh, we had a psychologist on staff as well. And what was great about that place was if I had a, a client, um, either a soldier or a dependent, um, and I felt like they could benefit from one of the other services, I could, I could schedule them an appointment, but I could also, if I, if I knew the person well enough, which we worked pretty well as a team, I could just walk them over and then just explain what's going on. Say, hey, you know, this is Jerry. He, he's really interested in your exercise testing. Or maybe I had a soldier who couldn't pass a PT test, but I didn't see anything wrong with him physically. So I would take him to the sports psychologist. Maybe it's like a mental block that, that they, were, they needed to get through. Uh, so really it was just that multifaceted team approach that I think a lot of healthcare places are trying to move to. Oh, and then one, um, one thing I forgot to mention because it kind of, the funding really didn't work out while I was there, uh, but we also had a teaching kitchen. So uh, we, we benefited from that in that we could bring in small groups and then take them through a recipe. Um, and then I would provide the nutrition education, like, hey, this is why we're cooking it this way instead of that way. Um, these are some alternative ingredients that you can use uh, and then really just get them hands-on so they can see that it's not, uh, it's not as overwhelming as it might appear to prepare your own food and prepare it in a healthy way. So really, I had, that was a great experience there. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time at the Resiliency Center and doing outpatient. Uh, that population wasn't as military as you would think. I saw a lot of uh, older retirees, so dealing with multiple health issues, um, coming from like the cardiac clinic or maybe dealing with diabetes or things of that nature. So really a good experience overall. Working with the military, did you ever consider working with the VA? Uh, yeah, that's something that I would consider in the future. Um, I'm gonna try potentially to go back in. I know I'm all over the map when it comes to uh, career choices, but uh, I might potentially try to go back in uh, for physical therapy. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely consider working with the VA in the future as well. Okay, so now thinking back to when you were a student, what are some of your biggest regrets if you have any? Ooh, good question. Um, oh, I, I guess in kind of this, this program uh, that you all are running kind of takes care of it, but during our undergrad or our nutrition program, um, we didn't, I guess we briefly talked about it, but not really knowing the whole internship process, it kind of like sprang up on us, uh, to be honest with you, uh, senior year, you know, junior year, like, oh, this is very competitive, like to get into these things. Uh, I was fortunate enough to just kind of seek out those extracurriculars, so like the clubs and all that stuff. Um, but I think it, it's beneficial for, you know, mentorship programs, people who have gotten into internships before 
to say, hey, these are the things that they'll be looking for. Um, you know, don't waste your time with this. Focus on this. So you're coming in with a well-rounded resume and you're not just solely focused on uh, like a one-track mind. So I think that would be one. Um, other than that, I wouldn't say I have any regrets as a student. Did you always know that you wanted to go the military route? Because that's not really, a, I don't want to say normal choice, but people tend to go to hospitals or settings like that. So what made you choose the military route? Um, yeah. Good question. Um, I'm sure you've kind of already caught on to this. I wouldn't say I know uh, what I want to do, you know, tomorrow. But um, I think as far as like the nutrition, when it provided itself like as an opportunity. I didn't even know, to be honest with you, even when I was in the military that uh, dietetics existed in the military. I had no idea. Um, so what led me to nutrition was just a really just a, it was more self-serving. I was interested in it. So I was like, oh, this would be a cool, cool job. I didn't realize I could do this as a job. And then while I was there, uh, I was fortunate enough to have an advisor point out to me, hey, there's this Army Baylor program. Um, she actually pointed it out to me when I first got there, just coming from my background. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, no, thanks. And then as time wore on, I kind of missed it. And then I really missed it. So then I, uh, I decided to apply and luckily I got in. So uh, yeah, it's not a traditional way, but it's definitely, I think it's, the best internship, but that's me being biased, of course. What other internships did you apply to in addition to Baylor? Um, that was it. So luckily one for one, count it, all right. Um, you keep saying that you miss the military. So what makes you miss it so much? What about your experiences? Uh, I think just the, the camaraderie. Um, feeling like you are doing something, you know, bigger than yourself. I know that's like, so over the top, you've heard it before, but really, I mean, it, it holds true. You know, when you're, when you're serving in the military, as long as you have good leadership uh, and they can point you in the right direction, as far as why you're doing what you're doing and not just telling you to do it, uh, it can really go a long way. And that can work outside the military too. Um, that comes with different jobs, uh, that you probably have all had. Uh, if you have a good boss that can explain to you why you're doing something, then that makes it much more beneficial. Even if you don't want to do it, at least you can see why it's important to get you from A to B. Um, so still thinking toward the beginning of your dietetic journey, did you yep. ever have a clear vision of where you want to be? You said you didn't know what you would do tomorrow, but did you have an overall clear vision or how has it transformed over time? Um, I would say it continues to transform. Uh, so as, you know, opportunities pop up, um, I, I never really hesitate to, you know, jump on them. I, I like to not get stuck in a mindset of, you know, I have to do it this way. I know a lot of people, they have and this isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying this is a negative thing, but they have a one track mind, like a, they need to get to this point to feel successful. And really, I don't think that that works, especially in today's climate. Like you just need to take opportunities as they come. 
and then also, you know, pursue what you're passionate about. Uh, the old, the old adage of, you know, if you enjoy what you do, you never work. I know I'm, I'm full of them today, but I mean, really that does hold true. You gotta, you gotta enjoy what you do. Otherwise, you know, I've seen too many people, my close family, uh, friends that just go to work and hate it. And I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. So what are some of your weaknesses and strengths and how do you think they play a role in your dietetic career? So one of my big weaknesses, especially when it comes to nutrition uh, that I've been working on since the internship, um, luckily I was able to recognize it as a weakness, uh, was just overall empathy with clients, especially soldiers, um, because uh, more of the mindset of like, hey, just put your mind to it and do it, I realized that doesn't work at all. Um, and I've experienced some things in my life outside of nutrition where, you know, it just, no matter how much I want to do it, I can't do it. Uh, so finding different ways to relate to the person, uh, find out what's important to them. Uh, I think that's a really key thing when it comes to counseling people with nutrition changes, because it's one of those things where you get, you get kind of stuck in your ways. Um, you know, you've been doing something your whole life. Why do I have to change now? Um, so you, you really have to go around the box and you can't really just say, hey, you, you have to eat this way because of X, Y, Z. You have to relate it to more like, hey, I know you really enjoy uh, you know, spending time with your grandkids or something like that. And this will help get you there. So really just getting more on that personal level uh, can really be a way to draw upon, like to get them uh, I hate the word motivated, but uh, to get them to see uh, why it's important they need to be doing what, what you want them to ultimately do, which is just to, you know, regain their health. Uh, I kind of went on a rant there, but. Uh, you can follow up with some of your strengths, though. Uh, strengths, as far as nutrition goes, um, All right, so I got, I got one. Um, so I'm not afraid to like try different things. So in our grad program, uh, we would constantly, you know, place friendly wagers on the dumbest things. Uh, one of our classmates bet me that she could, you know, eat a vegan diet for longer than I could. And I took it, you know, not only as she's challenging me, but also as an opportunity. I think too many people in the nutrition world get too dogmatic. They think, oh, this is the be best diet. Um, you know, you have to eat the way the my plate's set up. Um, you have to do, you know, you have to follow a vegan diet. You have to do this or that. When really you can make any of those healthy. You just kind of have to, you know, alter them in a different way. So I think one of my strengths with nutrition is just being open to trying ridiculous things. Um, so then I can know how you can make it work and make it a healthy balanced diet, um, but still fall into whatever category that someone wants to label themselves. People love labels. I don't know why, but they want to, they want to be a part of a group, I guess. Uh, I've never really been about that, but Hey, if that, if that's what they're willing to do, you got to work with it. So. 
Great, thank you. Yeah. So working as I as an RD, so what is your biggest challenge or most common challenge right now? You said that you were working on being empathetic, but what about now? What's your current challenge? Well, it still kind of goes back to that. Uh, just, you know, meeting people where they are. Um, currently, the only, the only thing I'm doing with dietetics is through the Army Reserve, so it's pretty limited. Um, so I would say the empathy thing, continuing to realize that, you know, everyone's different. You got to got to meet them where they're where they are work with them no matter uh, what point they're at in their journey and then also maintaining um, my education as far as keeping up with the latest and greatest uh, as far as nutrition goes uh, so just staying up to date that's another another important thing that a lot of I don't want to say a lot of uh, some RDs that you'll encounter they learned it one way and that's the way uh, they're, they're, they're stuck in that old, whatever they learned, um, they're not willing to keep, keep up with the latest research and science because that's ultimately what we got to preach is what's backed by science. So how do you personally keep up to date with the information that's coming in? So I, one way that um, I try to get a lot of other RDs to do this as well is, of course, keep up with research. Uh, you know, you can subscribe to the the research articles that come out through the academy. Um, that's always good because then you can see what's being published through the scientific literature. So that's something that you can bring to your clients as evidence based. But also, you want to make sure that you keep up with the mainstream media. I'm sure you're both well aware. There's a hundred different diets out there, from carnivore to paleo to vegan. And if you if you haven't heard of this stuff, and you sit down with someone and they say, "Hey, I want to do uh, carnivore," and you're like, "Well, what's that?" Um, you can have them, of course, have them explain it to you as best as they they understand it, but it, it would be better if you already knew what it was because then you already have, you've already took the time to research on, you know, why it might work, why it might not work, what are some alternatives. Uh, so really staying up to date on mainstream media can be beneficial. Um, not all of it's bad just because it's, you know, through the mainstream media, some of it is very bad. Uh, so you want to be aware of both. Um, so you're not hit with too many curveballs as far as when you get asked nutrition questions. Is there any like platform in particular that you find to be extremely helpful when trying to keep up with this information besides for the academy? Uh, as far as, so like for mainstream media, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I usually go down the uh, podcast rabbit hole. Um, so there's a, there's a couple good ones out there. Uh, like found my fitness is a really good one. That's more like if you want to nerd out, um, she does a really good job of getting into the science. I know a lot of um, your everyday person isn't going to want to listen about sulforaphane or anything like that. But um, Mind Pump is another another good podcast. Uh, they they do a lot with fitness, but they also talk nutrition. Um, they do a pretty good job of. They don't. Um, they don't lean 
too hard one way or the other. So they just kind of present what's out there in the, the mainstream, but you also have to take what they say with a grain of salt because they have sponsors and all that stuff. Um, let me think if there's any others. Barbell Medicine's another good one. Uh, again, a lot with, uh, you could probably tell by the name, a lot with uh, strength training, but they also do not do talk nutrition. It's actually two MDs. Uh, one works in San Antonio uh, at the hospital, the military hospital. Okay. Um, so they do a good job of kind of perusing through what's popular out there. Uh, their big thing is nuance, which is huge in the nutrition world. Um, it's going to, and by nuance, I just mean, you know, it's not, there's not one set thing that you can prescribe to everyone. It's going to depend. And a lot of, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's actually usually the answer. It depends on what else is going on with them. So I know that you've jumped around from the Marine Corps, I believe, and then you went to do your Baylor internship. You're an RD. So where did physical therapy come from? What made you say, I want to do a complete career change again? Yeah. Uh, so while I was my last assignment in the army, uh, active duty, at least, uh, as a dietitian was at Fort Bliss, I was put into a pilot program. So this program took kind of like the resiliency center, kind of the same idea, but it took uh, active duty soldiers and some contractors. So there's myself, uh, we had an OT, so an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, uh, two strength coaches and an athletic trainer. And we were all put into a unit. So usually those uh, professions or specialties, you'd have to get an appointment to go see them, uh, but we were there every day with them. So they could just walk right up to us if they had questions. And a lot of my, my time was spent working basically as a physical therapy tech, uh, which wasn't all bad. Obviously I enjoyed it, uh, which is why, why I'm making the switch. But uh, a lot of beneficial conversations came up from that when we would be doing their exercises or you know corrective exercises. I could always squeeze in a little nutrition tip here and there whether it's to benefit them to get them back to 100% or if they just had random questions um, that they wanted answered. So it was really a beneficial setup as far as having that whole team there. But that's why I am now doing this. Otherwise, I'd probably still be doing the dietitian thing if I never got thrown into that team. So when you're thinking of doing physical therapy, are you talking about incorporating nutrition into physical therapy for recovery or are you going to keep them separate or have you even or have you not thought about that so no I've definitely thought about it um so I'm going to keep the credential okay. so I can make recommendations mm -hmm. um it's that would definitely be my my goal in the end that's going to depend on where I'm working you know if they would allow that um, if it's something like if I do go back into the military and I'm part of one of those teams, it would work perfect. Um, I wouldn't want to step on the dietitian's toes or anything, but I would, you know, answer the, the simple questions if they had them. Um, that would be the end goal, though, is to kind of make that 
both those professions together because they work hand in hand, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you all are well aware of. Uh, the food is going to fuel what the body does. Yeah. Um, so you can't have one with, well, you can have one without the other, but it's just not going to work as well. So if you can incorporate them together, I'd say, why not do it? Great. Thank you. So how did you differentiate between a passion and an interest? That's a good question. Um, I would say, yeah, let's say that's kind of the difference between the, um, I wouldn't say I'm not passionate about nutrition, but I always did find myself with every nutrition encounter I had, uh, whether it be the, you know, 18 year old soldier or 75 year old retiree, um, I would always steer myself to making sure that they're doing exercises or working on mobility or, and as that came, you know, popped up more and more, that's kind of where it kind of led me to where I'm at now, uh, realizing that what I ultimately wanted to do was physical therapy um, with nutrition incorporated, of course, but definitely focus more on the, the movement side of things. Would you ever want to start your own business? Uh, I would say I leave that to Carl. Um, he's more of the business mind. He can, he can then employ me I don't know if I, I have the, uh, the wherewithals to make a successful business per se. Um, I guess the opportunity, the right opportunity presented itself, I may consider it, but that's not something that I'm looking to do, no. So there are numerous um, doctoral programs for physical therapy. What made you choose yours? And then the, I guess the second part to my question is, does it involve nutrition or is that not even a thing. Uh, so I don't think that's a thing. We talk about nutrition. Uh, so I'm always happy when the, and I don't know if they just do it for my benefit, but uh, the professors will bring up, oh, this is also, you know, nutrition is important here and nutrition is important with this. Um, I always get a good kick out of that. Uh, but I don't think there's a program out there that kind of molds the two together. Okay. Um, so it, it was just your standard uh, doctorate of physical therapy program. Um, it was more of a timeline thing. Okay. So that's why I chose the one I, I chose. It, it was just the, the application timeline. Um, so. Great. Thank you. So can you describe the application process? Yeah. So mine was a little weird. Uh, so they are most of the physical therapy programs use a system called PTCAS. So that's kind of like your uh, the internship. I'm forgetting what it's called now. DICAS? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, so it's like that, like a matching program. Um, so the one that I applied to, and this is why it worked out as far as timelines went, because a lot of those were closed for PTCAS. Uh, they're, they're moving to it this year, but um, this past year, they were just accepting applications to the university. So I got mine in late, but uh, I think one or two students decided not to come. So then they, they picked me up, so. 
Um, so moving on, what do you want to be like, what do you want your greatest impact to be on the world as either a physical therapist or as an RD or just in general? Um, wow. It's deep. It's deep. It is. Uh, so I would, I mean, not to sound too cliche, but I think just, you know, it making the, I don't want to say the world, like I'm going to have that big of an impact, but you know, if you can make your clients or patients or whoever you're working with, if you can just make them a little bit healthier, whether it's, you know, family, friends, um, just making them healthier through movement or what they're eating, you know, making those small changes with people and then seeing that actually, you know, come to fruition and them have a, a better life overall. I think that's ultimately what I'm after is to, you know, better the, again, I don't want to say the population as a whole, but um, better the people that I encounter and work with, you know, make them healthier. So with that in mind, what would you recommend for RD to be or like students that are pursuing a dietetic career? What would you, like, what is your advice to help us? Well, one, um, I would say, of course, make yourself as competitive as possible to get into whatever internship uh, that you want. Mm -hmm. um, join the Army Baylor program. That's always good. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine as well. Uh, yeah, really just focusing on while you're in the, I believe, have you guys moved to a master's program yet? Um, in 2024, okay. that's when it's kicking in. I personally, I think I'm going to pursue my master's just to get it out of the way. Good for you, yeah. Are you going to, like, before you start your career? Um, I believe that. Well, right now, I envision that I'm going to do my internship combined with a master's. Okay. So I would prefer doing a two or three year program opposed to doing like an internship and then a three year or two year master program. So okay. I think I'm just going to combine them. Okay. Smart. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what experiences do you have that you, uh, what experiences did you use or uh am I looking for? What did you do to prepare for your dietetic internship um, application? Uh, so I, I personally just sought out um, different areas of interest. So I, um, I did the whole dietetics club thing. Mm -hmm. I was a member and then the president of the dietetics club um, at my undergrad. Okay. And then you ultimately have control over what events and functions you can do. So I would suggest that to everyone if you're able to. Um, I know everyone can't be in charge of everything, but you can be on the committee. Mm -hmm. Then you can, and again, this is kind of self-serving, but it's also helping the community. So, hey, a win, win for everyone. Um, you can make sure that you're, you know, setting up events in different areas. So you're not just... You're not just having a community outreach experience, but you can also go volunteer um, with a hospital or, you know, get creative with it as far as who you're reaching, what population. Uh, so then you can make your application as diverse as it can be. Um, I also uh, 
I worked as a diet tech, sort of, not officially, because obviously I didn't have that credential. I worked in a kitchen, but uh, there was an RD there. She took me aside sometimes and I shadowed her, uh, but ultimately I worked in a kitchen at a hospital and I didn't, I didn't necessarily need it as far as like, as a job goes for money. It was more, it was basically the experience um, just so I could put that on the application. Uh, mainly I just washed dishes, but uh, as far as the hours go that I got the shadow of the dietitian, I think that really paid off. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else those are my two big ones. Um, obviously, with the, the dietetics group, that really filled up the application because you have all your different events that you can plan accordingly. Did your food service, um, I guess, I don't want to say rotation, but your working in the hospital, in the kitchen, did that add to why you didn't want to do food service? Or did that even play a role in it? Uh, no, I actually, I had a good time. Uh, working in the kitchen at that hospital. I didn't think I would, but uh, they were a great group of people. Um, shout out to soldiers and sailors in Wellsboro, PA. Uh, that's a fine facility there. Shout out the kitchen crew. Um, yeah, they. Were, I had a good time working there. So I wouldn't say that that played any any role into it. So after you were adding all these things to your resume, did any of those experiences help you in the internship? Like, did you gain any skills that actually helped you? Um, I would say working the hospital, yeah, definitely. Cause then like I was a part of the, the kitchen staff, right? So I, I knew what they, what they go through. Uh, so if you're managing, you know, food service operation and you've never worked in food service, it's not to say you can't do it, but you're probably going to be a little bit better at it if you know how those people feel. Um, so I think just, you know, being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, um, just really gaining that, that overall experience. And then, of course, working with the, the community outreach piece, that's a big component. Um, in your internship, you'll probably have projects. I assume most internships are the same. Um, where you have different projects and that really started in the undergrad you know the dietetics association from the planning phase to the execution seeing everything that goes along with it uh, really you build a good foundation there and then you refine those skills in the internship so good question to go off of your question how do you think that your leadership roles helped you specifically in your program because i know the army has a lot of leadership role so how do you think your prior experiences to enrolling in that program helped you become successful? Uh, yeah, I think leadership's a, a obviously a key thing in the military. Um, and I mean, just generally in life, knowing when to have different styles of leadership, depending on who you're working with, I think that's important. Um, so like the, the leadership style that I, had in the Marine Corps would not have been well received in the, the Army Valor program. So I had to take a, a sort of different leadership style there. Uh, so you, again, you just have to be aware of your audience, whether it's, you know, you're managing a kitchen crew with food service, or if you're in charge of like a clinic one day, 
Um, I would say that the Army Baylor program and the Army in general, it does a, a really good job of, you know, kind of molding leaders and making sure that they're, they're ready to kind of think quick on their feet as far as adapting to the target audience. How hard do you find it to adapt to different audiences? Like you've said that the Marine Corps, the way that you interacted with them would not bode well with how you dealt with people in the army. So how did, how were you able to make that transition? Um, I would say, but that's just, you know, that you have to kind of look inside yourself and just not be, not be set in your ways. You know, you, you can't be stubborn and just because, you know, this is the way I do it and this is the way I've always done it. So it's going to work here as well. Um, it might not. So you have to be willing to kind of adjust accordingly. I mean, not, not so much that, you know, you're letting, you know, someone walk all over you. You can't let that happen, obviously, but you want to make sure that you're getting your point across however you need to so that you can get, you know, you can execute the mission, essentially. Um, I know that was too much military talk there, but even in a civilian career, that's ultimately the goal. You want to have a successful clinic that either, you know, makes money or brings in new clients, keeps clients coming back. So whatever shifts you need to make, make that happen that's ultimately what you need to do great thank you um to go back to something that you said earlier um you mentioned that you do projects during an internship what can we expect like what types of projects can we expect from an internship um, so i can only speak to ours uh, but we uh we had a research project um, so i'm not sure if all, probably not all programs do. If you're going to a grad program, you more than likely will have a research project. Uh, so that's kind of throughout your whole entire time. So you really dive deep into some research. Um, we also did things like um, we came up with a, a whole new idea for a food truck uh, for the kitchen. Walter Reed's a pretty big place. Um, so we presented it to the staff uh, it actually got pretty far up the chain. Um, I don't know if it ever happened. Uh, I don't know. Actually, Carl could probably tell you if it did or didn't because uh, he worked there after I was gone. Um, but that, that could be for another day. Uh, so th things like that. Um, they'll have a, an outline for you. So it won't just be like, hey, create something, you know, magical. Uh, it'll it'll be like this is accomplishing uh, this this and this on your checklist. Um, make sure that you're uh, hitting these blocks. And um, basically, I wouldn't worry too much about it if that's what you're getting at. Like, do you need to plan ahead? No, you don't need to be sparking up ideas now. Um, you just need to focus on getting in an internship now. That's the the ultimate goal. Oh, you can go. <laughs> Just to go a little off that. It was out of curiosity, but also out of curiosity, how many people were you working with on the projects? Like, uh, so, uh, our, at our, some of them will be by yourself. Um, and again, this is going to depend on your internship site. So mine was just uh, myself and now Captain Anderson. Uh, so 
it was just us two. It was supposed to be three of us, um, but only two went up to, to the Walter Reed site. So ours was really small. I assume most internships, you'll have quite a few more students making the rounds, but you'll, you'll probably be in a position where you're uh, just shadowing one dietitian and you. Uh, so some projects you'll do by yourself. Your main thing with the internship will be though, is just kind of, like I mentioned, shadowing. So you'll be set in different rotations, watching what the RD does and then doing what the RD does and then they'll be watching you. It's really, um, it's a good setup as far as learning the job. So it's not just like you graduate, hey, go do it. Um, you get at least a chance to see someone else do it. And if it's a good site, then you'll have multiple different um, experienced people. So you can see different ways of doing, you know, the same thing and kind of pick and choose from those people what you like and then ultimately make your style, whatever that is. Out of all of your projects that you've done, what were some of your favorite ones? Uh, so I mentioned the, the food truck one was good. Um, so that was one I worked on with Derek uh, over, I think, the majority of the internship, or at least a solid block of time there. Um, uh, my research project was on one of the, it was actually one of the other services, weight control programs. Uh, so I got to enter a lot of data. That wasn't as fun, but um, I got to work with like a DEXA and a BOD pod and, you know, run people through different um, screenings. So I found that enjoyable. Um, I really like that project. I'm trying to think back. I think those are probably my two, my two favorite projects. Thank you. So you mentioned bod pod twice. Do you just want to explain that so that some people don't know what that is? Do you want to just explain what a bod pod is? Yeah, so a uh, bod pod is, it's just a way of measuring body fat. Um, so it gives you an estimate because most of these things are, actually all of them are estimates uh, in order to actually measure true body fat, you would have to no longer be with us, but that's for another topic. Um, so bod pod's gonna give you an estimate of body fat, which you can track over time. So what I always tell people is it doesn't really matter the instrument, obviously some are more accurate than others, but even if you're using like a handheld thing uh, or a scale that you step on, if you use that same instrument at the same time of day, you're generally the same hydration level because that matters with some of them, uh, then you can track your progress over time. So the bod pod's a great one, um, as well as you know different things like uh, BIAs or bioelectrical impedance scales. Um, all of those can be useful um, if you use them right. So I think people get too held up on the numbers, like, oh, I wanna be a certain percentage of body fat or this or that, when really a lot of those measurement tools aren't that accurate. Uh, really what you should be focusing on is where's the number going? Is it going in the direction that you want? Okay, so my last question, you kind of touched on this earlier, but what resources such as like books, podcasts you already mentioned, would you recommend to dietetic students? Um, so besides like the podcasts, 
So I would say that's a, a great one because a lot of people are con consuming them now. So not only for your benefit, as far as you know, maybe learning something new that you didn't know, but also making sure that you're staying up to date with what your clients or patients are gonna be hearing and thinking is true, which it may be, or it might not be, but at least you're getting exposure to that as well. Uh, as far as books go, I would say the same thing as far as making sure that you are not getting pigeonholed into one category. So like, don't read all of the plant-based books. Read some of them, yeah, but don't read all of them. Uh, don't just read, you know, just the paleo books. Uh, make sure that you're getting a wide variety from these things. And audiobooks can really, that's how I consume most of them, just because most of my reading time is now back to textbooks. Um, but um, staying up to date with what's coming out because there's so much out there that you don't want to get left behind. Because if you can't talk intelligent to these things, if someone brings something up and you just shut it down, like, no, that's, that's no good. Do it, do it this way. They're, they're going to turn you off right away. So you have to be open and willing to listen to what's being put out there. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Any other questions? Um, I just had one last quick question. So Here. now that it's being implemented that we need to have a master's program, how important do you think that it is for people that are our age who are kind of grandfathered into not getting the master's program? How important do you think it is for us to get it, to set us apart from other students who will eventually have it if they're freshmen this year? Um, if you would have asked me this question like six years ago, I would have said, it's very important. You need to do it. But uh, if you're asking me this today, I would say if you are able to get a, a job with just a bachelor's and an internship, and it's something that you enjoy doing, then I would do that. Now, if an opportunity arises in the future and you want to pursue that further education, I'm not saying don't. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I keep going back to school. I'm one to talk, not get, getting a more education, but um, it's really the, what's gonna ultimately drive you to be successful in this field is experience, as in any field. It's not the letters behind your name or anything like that. It's the overall experience working with people day to day, uh, seeing, the different presentations that um, you know how they're affected by different things in their life not just from um, am i overweight or underweight but you know why that's going on is there something else you know trouble at home that's causing them to do that and you know the only way you get that is through experience so as a, a little bit longer answer than you probably wanted but i would say if you're able to Get, a, get in the field without it, and you're comfortable with that, I would say do it that way. Great, thank you for that input. So to go off of school again, how is your education going so far? And like, how are you balancing just life and school? Uh, making it work, yeah. Uh, so it's good, it's good. We're actually wrapping up. Um, we have finals next week weird but because of the whole you know situation with everyone uh, the health health crisis that's going on uh, they want everyone out of here by thanksgiving so i think it's smart on the university's part 
uh, so they're not going home and then coming back. So everything was a little bit more condensed this semester. Um, and online, it's weird. Yeah. I enjoy the classroom a lot more personally. I feel like I learn better, uh, but making it work. So far, so good. How do you think co uh, coronavirus has played an impact into your education? Um, I would say, I mean, it's really, it's, it's making it a lot harder, I think, for students who aren't already self-driven or self-motivated. Mm -hmm. And again, I use that word and I hate it, motivated. Cut that out. Uh, but you really have to, you really have to take it upon your, yourself to make sure that you're not getting behind because it can be, it can be distracting being at home mm -hmm. uh, with you know, all the distractions in the world. I, like I purchased a, a desk and put it in my room uh, just so I could get away from, you know, entertainment and from, you know, eight till depends which day it is. I'm in there working on schoolwork. Um, and I think it's really important to set up that structure kind of like you're going to school because uh, you are, but you're just not there in person. Yeah, so I think that. Yeah. So obviously you've had a lot of um, academic experiences with getting your bachelor's and then your master's and going back to school. So for just students in general, not only dietetic students, how do you find time to separate school from home and your personal life when you're doing school at home? Uh, so I'm probably not the best person to answer that uh, just because like whatever I'm doing kind of consumes my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so like when it's, when it's nutrition, like, um, yeah, you can ask anybody that knows me, it's pretty much like a one track deal. Mm -hmm. So I don't really separate them. I don't know if that's the healthiest of things. Okay. Uh, I don't really ever get away from me. You can see my pal back here. Uh, so constantly, <laughs> constantly working on ranges of motion, that sort of thing with the physical therapy thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm probably not the best example of that. But I think it is important that you bring that up, uh, that you need to take time for yourself, whether that's you know going out for a walk, getting away. It depends on your living situation. Um, not always being kind of feeling like you're stuck, right? I don't, yeah, again, not me, but I could see where that could play a role. That's great, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? I don't think so, okay. do you? No, thank you so much. Do you have anything you wanna say to RD2Bs? Uh, I would just, again, echo the, the sentiment that you need to make yourself as competitive as possible. Just get that application with as wide a variety as, of um, experiences as you can. Um, and you're already doing that by being a part of this program. So good on you all. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, well, take care. Have a great night and good luck on, your, on the rest of your physical therapy journey. Oh, thank you.